Fully Loaded, the Fully Loaded Show. Welcome to the Fully Loaded Show with your hosts, J.C. Cornell and Paige DeMarco. Oh, free agency edition of the podcast and a good free agency edition. That is for sure. Paige DeMagos, JC Cornell, Chris Schubert here in the middle of the free agency frenzy. And guys, I have to say, I have a lot of faith in Bruce Arians. I have a lot of faith in Jason Light. I cannot believe that they have facilitated what they've done over the last couple of days. JC, you just have to be feeling pretty good about the band back together. The band is back together. Bruce said your asses aren't going nowhere. They didn't go anywhere. Um, big shout out to the the cap guy, Mike Greenberg. I mean, he's just making magic with getting all these guys back under the cap. They're probably going to make some more moves here to clear up more cap space, you know, to get in Domkins too. But, you know, getting Ryan Suck up yesterday, that was huge because the Buccaneers haven't had a good kicker in a decade. So everything's coming into – it's great. It's just great to see. I'm excited. Chris, I know you got the list up in front of you. There's a couple of guys that haven't signed, but just quickly, I would like us each to identify the best of what they've done so far, because I think there are certain things that were pretty inevitable to me. I, and I talked about this on our last podcast. I did not see the Levante David deal happening. I just, I I did not see that deal happening. And I know you have the the list in front of you. So if you want to, you know, jump in with the deal points, but I, I thought Levante was going to go because I know he could have taken more money. And I know, but this, to, to JC's point, the, the people behind the scenes that tend not to get a lot of the credit, right? And that it's because it's people don't really understand how much, how hard it is to be really, really good at manipulating the cap. It's like having a really damn good lawyer. Like that's, that's what this is. And, and Greenberg has done an excellent job for this team because man, oh man, I did not see Levante coming back. This was this was shocking to me when I saw it come through. So, Chris, break down the well, details. I mean, Paige, I mean, it's pretty clear how they were able to do this. They just had one basic philosophy. No, <laughs> you know, you just need to, you take the Bill Belichick strategy, no days off, and boom, there you go. It's fine. So that's how they were able to get all this done. Okay, where do you want to start here? Because, listen, this, every free agent you think the Bucks could have brought back, they did. The Chris Godwin franchise tag, which he now ultimately signed. They bring back Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Ryan Suckup. Gronk flirts with the Bills for a minute, but ultimately signs a one-year deal to come back to Tampa. I mean, they handle it all here. I have the list in front of me. My internet has kind of froze on me here for just a second, so it's, it's, it's the page. Here, here's what – here, like, I, I think I gave you all the big names. Here's I what – here, I was thinking – Go ahead, JC. I was thinking about getting the word voidable tattooed on myself. <laughs> Because, I Need mean, it. everything Need it. Just, was just voidable. Voidable years everywhere. Voidable new terminologies that I'm reading about, and I'm going, what in the hell is this? What are these terminologies that are getting thrown around? This is why, shout out Mike Greenberg, ultimate friend of the pod, will never be an enemy of the pod. Never. Unless the New Orleans Saints were, you know, in the picture, but as long as he's with the Bucks, friend of the pod, because man, oh man, he's getting it done. And I think the, you know, obviously there's a lot that has been done. There's a few that have not been signed so far. JC, who do you want to see the Bucks sign next? Because, you know, Chris ran through the list there pretty quickly. I think all of those, all of those pieces, very crucial, but there's still some guys out there that I think 
it's important to get done. I mean, there's there's three guys in Dominican Sue, Antonio Brown, and someone say Leonard Fournette because of how well Fournette played in the playoffs. I think Sue and Brown are the priorities over Fournette because I think you can draft a guy or you can sign a guy like James White, and then you have that 32 overall pick where, uh, as I talked to Jake Arians, he said literally every every position but running back would basically be a special teamer on this team at this point. So, and there's a lot of attractive running backs that will be available. And Javante Williams, I think, is definitely a guy we've talked about before that would make a lot of sense. And he runs hard. Oh my God. Oh, he does. He does. That's some, you can enjoy, you can enjoy watching that kid play football. And I can recall talking with Jake and, and with Bruce and kind of like laughing about the fact that this team, like, where are the draft picks going to go? Like, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be in a position where they might not make the team. Like this is how loaded this team was. And I think everybody thought that this was like a joke, that they weren't going to be able to bring all these guys back, that they weren't going to be able to facilitate this. And they were like, I, I, I be my, even me, even me, even you, JC, when we were talking about it, it's like, listen, you're probably going to have to say goodbye to one of these big guys. And yes, do I want them to bring Sue and Antonio Brown back? Yes. I do think ultimately those deals do end up getting done as well, but the major priorities, they got done. And a guy like Shaq Barrett, I didn't think that one was going to get done either, JC. Yeah. I mean, he comes basically making 17 million a year, which is a huge hometown discount. I thought he could have got 20 a year. Um, you know, Godwin signs a tag and then Levante, I, hopefully Chris has got the contracts up. He He's making – a very, it's just it's just a hometown discount. Everyone wanted to come back. Everyone loves the vibe. Everyone loves winning Super Bowls. Everyone loves Bruce. Everyone loves Brady. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And they love the environment. Playing in Tampa is such an advantage. You have the nice weather. You have the taxes, just like Arizona. I mean, it's a it's turning into a destination. I I said this last year. I said Tampa's going to start turning into a destination because this this is about the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. All these players go practice on the ice. They come out and go on their jet skis. I mean, it's, it's a lifestyle here, and everyone wants to be a part of it. Can, can we just for a second realize how that has changed? Like, JC, you can speak to this. Like, we, Chris and I live in Arizona, but the, the example I can give is what Bruce did here in Arizona. It's very similar to what the, the town has become, Scottsdale, Phoenix. Since I moved out here out of school almost eight years ago now, it's now like a place that free agents are talking about in a way that I never heard. And it is the exact same way I am now hearing Tampa Bay. And that has to just be so, I don't know, exciting for you because you've, you've lived there for so long and they haven't ever been this destination. They haven't. And, and now they are. Right. They just have two very good teams. Hopefully they get an NBA team to Tampa. I know the Raptors are playing right now, but, but also just, what was I going to say here? Chris, do we have it yet? Do we have the numbers yet? I have them in front of me. Yeah, what do you need? I was, I was also going to say my last point was, thank God they got rid of those horrific football jerseys, right? Because Tom comes, we get <laughs> now we have the best jerseys in the NFL. Like, those jerseys made the team and the city look like a joke. And that was well, my last point. They, listen, they had to do that, right? I think we joked about it, but I, I sort of think it's serious that, like, when Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and, and Jason Light all sat down and had their first meeting, I, I'm tongue-in-cheek but mostly serious. Tom probably said, "Like, bro, we gotta, we gotta do something here. Like, we, we gotta, we gotta do something about these jerseys. We need, we need something new. We need something flashy." But Chris, I'll let you bring out the details of the Levante deal because I do think 
I know for a fact he could have gone somewhere else. I know he could have gotten more money elsewhere. And I, and I think it's, it matters that they were able to facilitate these deals because this means there's a belief in the team. There's a belief in the organization. There's a belief in what you're building and what you have built that's never existed in Tampa before. This has never been how this has been. Even when they won the Super Bowl back with Gruden, it wasn't, you're not building a, this feels like a dynasty, right? And nobody, it really, yeah, it really does. that's what it feels like. And, and I, I'm not the one who's going to count out Tom Brady. I don't care how old he is. So looking at the numbers, and I think the two numbers that are important to note here, right? Everybody knows that Chris Godwin got the franchise tag. That number ends up being 15.9 million. That number was going to be around there regardless of what, what else happened. The two important things to note are, Tom Brady restructuring his deal. To, so he only has a cap hit of $9 million for this upcoming season, right? That's step number one. And then to your guys' point, I think the Levante David contract is the other one to bring up because he signs a two-year $25 million contract, but it only counts against the cap for $3 million this year. 3.36 is the cap for 2021, and it's a $14.7 million cap hit for 2022. So the, the cap magic here was fantastic, but it's those two contracts that allow them to go out and keep a Shaq Barrett around. It allows them to, to, to bring a Gronk back on a one-year $10 million deal or whatever it is. that gets eight with incentives up to 10. It allows them to go out and do those kinds of things because they were able to restructure those contracts. What is this hey. wizardry? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just like this. I'm wizardry. Wanna, it's wizardry. That's what we're watching. While I have, while I have this, um, this thought. So what is this rumor about Larry Fitzgerald wanting to play in Tampa? Can you talk about this? Do you know anything about this? I do not know anything about this. What I do know, what I do know is Larry and Bruce, very close, very close. Okay. Two, the signing of AJ green to me in Arizona was an indicator that that, that either Larry was retiring or Larry's not playing in Arizona anymore, which I know if there's somebody listening to this podcast, I'm going to get, they're going to show up at my house here in Arizona, right? Like I get it. I understand he's a Cardinal. He's a Cardinal for life, but level with me here for a second. Larry deserves to win a Super Bowl. He just does. He is the most genuine, humble professional athlete I have ever in any sport been around. The dude is a bona fide hall of famer and people want to joke about what Allen Robinson has had to deal with. Allen Robinson should call Larry Fitzgerald and talk to him about John Skelton and some of the jokes that they, that the Cardinals threw out there. Looking at you, Kevin Cobb, looking at you. Thank you. There, the list is ugly and there is no athlete, I mean this genuinely, there is no athlete in any sport that I want to win a championship more than Larry Fitzgerald. None. Zero. And I would love for him to be on a team with Bruce. It would be magical. Okay. Can I add something real quick here? Yep. Because I get it. I understand it. And this coming off the heels of Patrick Peterson going and signing with the Minnesota Vikings. So I understand why people think Larry might go someplace else because now he's, well, we've seen one of the other iconic Cardinals go someplace else and they went and signed a new wide receiver. But Paige, it was one of the things that you said there that makes me think that Larry would never do that. Right. And I'm a big believer in if you're late in your career, man, go chase a ring. You can chase a ring at any time of your career. I don't care. Championships or everything. Go, go do what you got to do to win a championship. Right. But everything about Larry strikes me as he doesn't, he doesn't want to do that. Like, he doesn't want to go to another team that's a tailor-made situation to win a Super Bowl, right? It just doesn't feel that way to me. If he does it, great. I'll be excited for him. I'll be rooting for him. But it just doesn't feel that that's the direction he, he, he was going to take. Because if he, if he was going to do that a couple of years ago, he would have gone to Minnesota. I, 
okay. So one, I understand the point, but Minnesota was never in a position like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are right now. Like it's not the same. There's never the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are pulling an NBA. They're pulling a Warriors. Like they're pulling a, we're going to stack the deck and we're going to win a title. And they did it. Like I, I, I saw JC like this tweet earlier from Diana Rossini. And it was a tweet about how the, who, uh, an NFL executive had texted her and said like, well, who wins by spending in free agency? And Trevor Sikama quote tweeted it and put a picture of Tom Brady. Because the, the truth of the matter is they literally just did that. The Bucks just bought themselves in free agency last year, a Super Bowl. And that's what they're trying to run back right now. And, and I think that's the difference is Minnesota was never in the position the Buccaneers were, most importantly because you did not have Tom Brady there and you didn't have Bruce there. That's the other factor that you guys, that is, there are relationships that are close. There are two athletes that I know for a fact would do anything to play with Bruce Arians. The two people are Tyron Matthew and Larry Fitzgerald. It was painful for Tyron to not be on the sideline with Bruce during that, during that Super Bowl run. He and I talked about it. It's like, it was painful because he didn't want, that's his dude. Like he didn't want to play against him because it's like, that's not, there's so much love there between those guys. And Larry, in a usual year, Chris, I agree with you, but this is a different situation. And I, and I think that I can't say I'm not reporting anything. I don't know that for certain. I just know the relationship that exists and man, um, I, I hope it happens. So what I saw was Larry was linked to Minnesota and Tampa Bay. Those were the two teams, Minnesota. He grew up as a ball boy, like at yeah. for the Vikings. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the bucks obviously don't need Larry Fitzgerald, but if it's like a very friendly deal, why not figure out, figure out a role for him in the offense? Like why not? It's Larry Fitzgerald. I, I would pay Larry to be in a locker room just for the leadership. I'm not joking. Like I, I, I would, I would pay Larry in most locker rooms in the NFL for the leadership and the professionalism that he brings to the table. Because if you've ever watched Larry Fitzgerald play football, I can recall two games this past year that the Arizona Cardinals legitimately either won or were in a position to win because Larry Fitzgerald was paying attention to what was going on on the football field. Chris, you probably remember what I'm talking about. They need to come up with a statistic of how many points Larry Fitzgerald is directly responsible for because he gets up with the ball and he hands it to the ref and saves them time so they can kick away. Literally. Three times just this past year, he saved Cliff Kingsbury points at the end of a half. It is incredible. I have never seen somebody who is that completely locked in to exactly what is going on on the field at all moments of time. He lit, it is unquantifiable what he brings to the table. And, and I understand he's not the same guy. I get that. It, but the role that if you go back and you see who Larry was prior to when Bruce Arians became the head coach in, in Arizona, he moved Larry inside. He changed the role that Larry had played for a really long time. And Larry, it took him a year, but he bought in. And once he bought in, ooh, it was good. It was really, really good. And I think you could, knowing that he wouldn't have to do that much. He wouldn't have to, because there's so many other guys. He could play a very small role, but have five or six moments throughout the year that were crucial for this football team. I think it would be, I think it'd be a great signing. I'm glad you brought that up, JC. Yeah. Um, he, he, I mean, I believe Chris Godwin plays that role now in Bruce's offense. Yep, he sure does. He sure does. But how many games did Chris Godwin miss this year with injury? Right. Like right. it's, you look at some of the injuries that they've had and if they can get Larry to come on a team friendly deal, 
you know, I've, I understand the link to Minnesota because that's where he grew up. It's where his dad is a reporter. He grew up, as JC said, being a ball boy. There's definitely a lot of link there, but it's, um, man, I hope he ends up uh, coming to Tampa. And I know Arizona people are going to hate me for saying that, but it's, uh, it's just time. And the Cardinals are not in a Super Bowl window. So do not hit me with that. I, respectfully, uh, you got to make the playoffs first ladies and gentlemen, before you start talking about Super Bowl windows uh, here in, in in Arizona. But I do want to talk to you guys. Is there anything else Bucks related that you guys want to get to here as it pertains to free agency? Because I do want to talk about the Saints a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, I, one last thing is I, I want to talk about Leonard Fournette and what you think, Paige, about the running back position. Um, so, shoot, I just want to hear your opinion. Yeah, I, listen, I think with the cap situation that most teams are in, the Bucks are in a unique they're in a unique opportunity where they might be able to get Leonard to come back, even though he did have a really, really good playoff run. One, the value of the position, specifically running back, is more is less than I can ever recall it being. Um, there's just a ton of guys coming out every year in the draft. People are learning, uh, even with a guy like a Christian McCaffrey, gets paid, doesn't play most of last year. Like it's just uh, that position, it's really hard to stomach bringing in a guy and paying him a lot of money. And Leonard Fournette's not a guy who's had sustained success. So I, I think there's, there's part of me that feels like if he's smart, he pulls the same scenario that AB does, where you realize you kind of need to be in this environment to get the best version of yourself, right? Like you're a div- he was the best version of himself. He was the best mentally, physically, the best football player that we saw was this version of him. And I hope he, I hope he sticks around. And I, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't, there's plenty of options for this team to go in the draft. And quite frankly, I think they're going to be at that 32 position. It reminds me of exactly where the chiefs were the year prior to get Clyde yep. Edwards aware. Yep. Like it's, it nearly exactly mirrors that situation. And I, I think they're set up to do that no matter what. Um, but I, I, there's a part of me, I didn't think they'd get Leonard Fournette coming into this now. Kind of feel like they might. Like, I kind of feel like they might get everybody. At this point, I'm just like, yeah, the Bucks are going to sign every player because they can, and they're going to figure out a way to get it done. So I don't know if you think he's coming back, JC, but I, I'm way more in the middle than I was coming into this. That's the way that I would say it. Yeah, I just, you know, Leonard Fournette likes money. So I, I was suspecting that he would try to go find it, but it looks like he hasn't. So we'll see. Yeah, he might not be finding it, and that is a part of this whole situation. Chris, I want to make sure that you pull up the Matt Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan kind of contract switch that they've done over in 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 Atlanta because the two things that have happened right in this division that I think matter a lot is a, many many people were ready for Atlanta to go into this upcoming draft and and draft a quarterback i don't think that that is the scenario that's playing out with what happened with matt ryan's contract the way that they move things around i think they're in a prime position to move out of that fourth overall pick acquire some more picks get some more draft capital as they look forward so that that means that atlanta now is in this phase where i would say they're retooling right they're not they're not looking to hit the reset button Arthur Smith, new head coach, is there, and he's going, I think I can win with Matt Ryan, so I need to surround him with pieces. And Atlanta does have pieces, guys. They do. They have a lot of weapons. It's a team that I think has lacked the right leadership up at the top for quite some time. 
And I know the Saints are the Saints, but Atlanta to me becomes the team that if they can figure it out and Arthur Smith on offense can get this team kind of trending in the right direction, JC, I think this is the team that becomes the most interesting contender against the Buccaneers um, this upcoming season. Well, yeah. I mean, Jameis Winston's now the starting quarterback for the Saints, so things are definitely changing in the NFC South. I think, you know, the Falcons have a lot of good players on that offense. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. They're, they're a dangerous team. Um, so, yeah, well, I don't know. I, I, just, I just think the Bucs are going to dominate everyone. Like, I, 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 just, I just think the whole NFL should be scared of Tampa Bay. It's a super team, and, I, and they have a Super Bowl ring and the confidence of, of doing it. It's, I think everyone should just be terrified. I, I, wa- I want to try and find a hole to poke there. Like, I desperately want to just poke a hole in this whole thing. But there's just not. Like, there's just not. Like, there's no, there's no reason for me to believe that a New Orleans Saints team that is now going to have Jameis Winston as the quarterback and a Atlanta team that's trying to get the, you know, I think they could be competitive, but I'm not. That defense is, leaves a lot to be desired, man. Like, they got a lot of – that, that Bucks defense in comparison, you're talking about two – they're like playing in two different leagues, right? Carolina is in a, in a position where I think two years from now they might be really interesting, but I'm not I'm – not, that team doesn't scare me. There's nothing about that team that inspires a level of – you know, oh, I'm, I think you should be afraid of Carolina. To the Saints' point, I think I'm very interested to hear from you guys what you think this team is going to look like under Jameis. Right? Joke. It's not because of Jameis. The offense doesn't have anything after Michael Thomas. Emmanuel Sanders is gone, right? Alvin Kamara, we've seen. You cannot ask him to do everything on a weekly basis. He, he's very good. He's just not that good. He can't be, I will carry a team on my back for 16 weeks good because I don't think there's a player in the National Football League that, that, that's that, that good. They, they lost players on defense. Trey Hendrickson, probably their best, one of their better pass rushers. Gone. He's in Cincinnati. Marshawn Lattimore is just going to take away everybody, every good receiver that they play on a weekly basis? They, they stink. They're going to win like five <laughs> games. <laughs> they stink. Uh, okay. I, listen, I <laughs> – I don't, I don't know what to tell Saints fans about, and I think Bucks fans are thoroughly enjoying, as you should, all this shenanigans that's playing out with this team, right? Because Drew Brees, as much as we wanted to, you know, poke fun at who he was in this last year of his career, he's still Drew Brees, right? It was still Hall of Fame quarterback, Super Bowl winning quarterback, guy that brought a certain level of professionalism, of leadership to that locker room that I just don't think Jameis has. I just don't think like, like call me crazy, but what has Jameis done to show me that he is going to be able to take the reins from Drew Brees? I, I just think, I think that's asinine that people are making. Cause I've, I've heard it. I watched good morning football the other day and they were like, this offense could be better. And I was like, hang on a second here. Hang on a second here. You guys think the offense is going to be better without Drew Brees? Well, it's fairness, disrespectful. In fairness, I could have been better than what Drew Brees looked like at the end there, right? That's I mean, in fairness. Sure, sure. Like, Drew Brees was not good at the tail end. That game against the Bucks, he looked old. He just did. But over the course of a 16-game season, peak Drew Brees, or even a Drew Brees from two, three years ago, I would take over Jameis Winston in a heartbeat. But the problem here, Paige, is even if Jameis it, – it, it goes beyond Jameis, right? Because let's say Jameis isn't very good. Well, they're paying – $18,000 million to Taysom Hill. I don't know whatever his new contract was, $140 million with about 18 avoidable years in it. He's the backup. And I got to tell you, 
I feel the same way about the Saints. If Taysom Hill's their starting quarterback, if Jameis Winston's their starting quarterback, they're a five, six win team in that division. Carolina's better. Atlanta's going to give them trouble. This Tampa team's going to give them trouble. They're, they're just, they went all in to try to win with Drew Brees. It didn't work. They have $24 million in dead money on their books for next year. It, players that could have helped their team that they don't have, they're just not a very good football team. They are paying the price for going all in a couple of years ago. It's okay. You got to hit the reboot button. You got to recycle. You know what I'm going to enjoy here? This is, this is what I'm hoping happens, right? And I know Bucks fans, you're going to love this, right? So I'm hoping much like, much like this last year that happened for a certain coach, in the Northeast region, okay? He learned. It's pretty nice to have a really, really good quarterback who's a really damn good leader, who's really, really good at bringing that level to the locker room every day, okay? You can't replicate. I understand what Drew Brees, I understand what happened with his arm this past year, but I'm telling you, the dude is a phenomenal leader, okay? He's a, he brings, if that guy watch his workout videos, he's the only other dude other than Tom that works out like a psychopath at 42 years old. Like he just crazy. I saw right? him with the sled running. The, it, yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts. Watch him do the, the sled videos I'm watching. I'm going, I don't even understand. I don't understand. There's a those, lot. Those workouts were so crazy. We thought it meant he was coming back. That I know. How crazy. Those workouts looked. We thought, Oh no, he's going to give this one more go. You know, we were you know who has the, this. You know who has the worst workouts that go viral? Jameis Winston. (laughs) (laughs) This, okay, this is the exact point. I'm so glad you said it because it's like when you look at a team, right, and you go, does this team scare me, right? The Saints with Drew Brees had an intimidation factor. There was – the, the quarterback head coach tandem. They'd been together for 15 years. They'd won a Super Bowl. They knew the offense, all this stuff, right? All this added into this mystique of who the Saints were. Jameis doesn't have any of that. And in fact, he kind of inspires the opposite, right? Where you're like, hey, I'm the Bucks defense. I used to go up against this guy in practice all the time and pick him off. Great. Phenomenal. Now I get to face him as an opponent. Like there's nothing about Jameis that's intimidating. He's a great athlete. Who's not a good quarterback. That's it. He's got a phenomenal arm. There's many guys that have been this guy. I had one of them, Jay Cutler, phenomenal arm, phenomenal arm, head case, not great leader. A lot of the same things that people talk about made Trusted his arm too much. It's the same thing you see with Jameis. Jameis sees, Jameis knows, listen, there are throws he can make that nobody else can make. It's insane. Paige, got a gr- don't great forget, arm. Jameis, Jameis got LASIK, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard. That was a big deal. It's the reason why he couldn't make these throws. The reason why he threw 30 interceptions, right? Because he had the, needed the LASIK. I, I just, Speaking I Speaking of Jameis. You guys remember the Florida State season when they went undefeated and they're like on the sideline playing like tic-tac-toe and stuff? Yes. That's what I think the Bucs are going to be doing this year. Like they're going to like <laughs> go, up, go up to Gillette and like play Bill and just it's going to be such a – oh, I can't it's, wait. It's, it's what I'm hoping for. I also hope for the Bucs fans because as magical as this year was because of COVID and because of the way everything was over, it wasn't – didn't truly get to enjoy this season as much as possible. You didn't have to have a, you know, a full Ray J. You didn't get to get tailgating and all the, like, it kind of feels like the, the run it, but you know, go for two 
it kind of it's it i'm like yeah it's it's gonna happen they're bringing the whole band back together because they want everybody to enjoy the whole damn thing the whole time but what i was talking about earlier was when what what bill belichick learned this offseason right is kind of what i think i think sean payton's gonna learn the same lesson right i think sean payton's a great coach i think i think bill belichick's a phenomenal coach but to say that the quarterback that they had for their entirety of their career and their sustained success did not play a major factor in the fact that they had that success is moronic. It's moronic to think that those guys would be the same coaches without Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Not everybody gets gifted those guys. And I understand they're both really damn good coaches, but it kind of feels like Sean's going to get into this place where he thinks he's that he thinks he's really smart, right? He knows something nobody else knows. He could fix Jameis. Everybody else was wrong. No, he's right. He's got he could fix Jameis. And oh, by the way, he's gonna make this trick pony Taysom Hill work too. I hope it blows up in his face this year. I hope it's just a catastrophe in New Orleans and they win three to five games and it's a disaster. So I'm Chris, you said it first. They win five games. I'm all the way in. They I'm stink, Paige. <laughs> they stink, okay? Just call it what it is. They're going to stink next year. Oh, I just needed – I needed too nice. They're going to stink. I hope that we get to play that drop a thousand times throughout when they, the when they football go season. And four with Jameis and make the playoffs. We're just going to no. loop on a weekly no, basis. No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't even put that out into the universe. I don't even want to hear that. There's no chance that happens. Um. Guys, anything else you want to get into here other than I could just listen to Chris go, they stink over and over again and just think about the fact that the New Orleans Saints are going to implode on themselves. You, you know who might not stink next year? Who? The Atlanta Falcons might not stink next year. I know. I think they're going to be pretty good. They restructured and they, they basically committed to Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan for at least the next two seasons because they converted $21 million of Ryan's $23 million base salary this year into a signing bonus. So he makes the base salary of $2 million. They spread out that $21 million over the course of three years. So it increase, increases his cap number by $7 million for the next two seasons. So that kind of took that cap number and spread it out. So he's worth $48 million in, in, in a cap number next year. So the dead money is even bigger next year. So they're not going to cut him next year or trade him like we thought they might have done this offseason. They're going to have him. They have two really good wide receivers. By the way, do we remember the, the, the whole, oh, the Falcons' defense stinks? They're really bad? They finished, like, league average DVOA-wise. They were 14th. Yeah, they were okay. They, like, weren't, they, that, they weren't that bad. They, no, they were, they, were, they were basically league average. And they're only going to get better, I think, with draft picks and what they're going to be able to do. So, I, I, listen, I'm not saying Atlanta's going to dethrone the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the division. I just think everybody thinks of the first half Atlanta and thinks that's going to be the team they're going to see next year. And I'm not so sold that that's going to be the case. I agree with you. I saw that Atlanta Falcons team go to Kansas City in December at the end of the year. Should have won that football game. Should have won that football game. I had an interception in the end zone that was dropped to win the football game. But that was a really – that version of the team, like to me, Atlanta is the team I'm focused on. I'm not even interested in New Orleans. Like I, I, I truly – I'm like, meh. You guys – I have to see Jameis Taysom Hill work before I buy into like that's a competitive team going into this year. I just don't buy in. I don't. And don't forget, the Buccaneers did not win the division, and it's been a long time since they have won the division. So, I mean, they, that's something Good point. for them to, you know, some motivation for them because it's been a long, long time since they've won that NFC South. Bulletin board material. We love it. 
We love to see Tom Brady adding things to the bulletin board, and that is a good point. They won the Super Bowl. They did not win the Super Bowl as a team that got to play a bunch of playoff home games, right? They got to play in the Super Bowl. They didn't get, they didn't get three playoff home games. They didn't get a first-round bye. They didn't, get the, they didn't get to raise a NFC South champ banner, right? So that's another – listen, anything that Tom Brady can take, any little in, small detail that he can turn into something big, he will. And that's not a small thing. They did not win the division. So that gives them really good motivation. And let's, and let's not forget to mention that he got extended another year, which is huge. Huge. I mean, he's going to be the first starter to, I believe, play at 45 mm-hmm. at quarterback. Is that yeah, correct? He, this guy, will he play to 50? I don't know. I'm not betting against the guy. I mean, good Lord. It's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. I think TB12, whatever he's doing, I'm interested. I'm interested in the TB12 diet. I'm interested in all things TB12. I know JC's tried out a lot of the meals and, and, and yeah. has, has been a part of the process. I think it's time. The whole, the whole fully loaded show might go all the way in on the TB12 lifestyle. Because, I just, listen, if there's something's working, it's definitely that. That man is just getting better with age. That is for sure. All right, guys, final thoughts on today's pod. Chris, you go first. The Saints are going to stink next season. Those are my final thoughts. No. Um, uh, we had a couple signings happen while we were doing the show here, so I will just give you this information live while we're doing this. We don't have to go too deep into it. Kenyon Drake going to the Raiders on a two-year deal, $11 million. can be worth up to $14.5 million. So he's going to join Josh Jacobs there in Las Vegas. And Kyle Rudolph appears to be headed to the New York Giants to join the mm. passing game there uh, with Jason Garrett and Daniel Jones. So just a couple of the signings that happened while we were on the show. Figured I'd update us here at the end. Yeah, love that. Uh, Kenyon Drake headed to Las Vegas and uh, yawn fest on that because I knew that Arizona was – I was like, yeah, okay. Are we going to figure out what's going on at the running back position in Arizona? Maybe. Who knows? It's going to be hard for Las Vegas to run the ball when they're only playing three offensive linemen. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the other two positions uh, to try to protect their quarterback and their two running backs. It's a really, really bold tactic John Gruden's got going up in uh, Las Vegas. Don't think it's going to pay off. Uh, JC. What are your final thoughts today? Final thoughts are, I hope the Bucks signed James White um, because last year's version of James White was Shady McCoy and he almost like tore his Achilles every time he ran a route. Um, I just think it would be huge for the Bucks to get James White. With Brady, it, it would almost just be unfair. I think it, it, a lot of this next year is going to be unfair. The Bucks are going to be amazing. I'm pumped. Yeah, I am also echo the final thoughts of JC. Um, did not get to be in Tampa like I had planned when Bruce, um, when this all kind of shook out and I was excited about looking at games and uh, I even was like, oh, I'll go to Chicago, watch the Bucks game. Like there, I was so excited about all these opportunities. So I, I'm, I'm excited and hopeful that we're, by the time we get to September, we're going to be in an even better place than we are now in March. And we're going to get some stadium time and get to go watch this team live because I, I know that I am just astounded, and quite frankly, I said wizardry, but it's what it, it's the only way I can describe what has been done um, because they, they are building an exceptional culture in Tampa, and that is not something that, one, is easy to do, or two, happens very often, and it's hard to look past TB12. So don't doubt the man. 
I will continue to pull all the national media pundits and your stupidity from now until then because I know Max Kellerman inevitably is going to say something stupid. He can't help himself. Can't help himself. I don't know when he's going to learn. So, JC, how can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Cornell NFL on Twitter. And Chris, how can everybody follow you? At Shoe Radio, S C H U Radio. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I. Be sure to check out the podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Playlist, wherever you guys are listening to this. We will be back next week. Go, Bucks.